Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. Welcome to today's episode. So excited to have you guys with me for today's interview and excited for our guest today, James Michener. So James and me connected a few months ago. Uh, He's absolutely crushing it. He's a realtor out there in Arizona, basically has been in real estate nine years, uh, one rookie of the year with his company. The first year he was in real estate, did 26 units. And now over those nine years, he went from 26 units to 73 units in year three, 200 units, 318 units. So now he's doing about 300 units a year. It's basically selling a home every day, which is absolutely wild. Uh, James as well has um, investments as well, um, has 20 doors about to expand that to 24. And what I think is so cool is how he um, reached financial freedom five years into real estate, had a passive income of 200K, which is now over $300,000 a year, which is amazing. So first of all, congratulations, and thank you so much for coming on the Real Estate Survival Guide. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it, John. This is going to be fun. It's going to be exciting, and I'll learn a lot. So I'm pumped up. So guys, everybody always tells me I have an accent from Brooklyn or New York, and James noticed it. My mastermind, before we started recording, I had to record a video to send to them because they're like, you do not have a Brooklyn accent. But anyway, so James is down there in Arizona. I'm so intrigued by your story. Appreciate you being here. Like, let's just go all the way back. First of all, like, tell us 10 years ago, what the heck got you into real estate? So 10 years ago, I was actually teaching English in Taiwan and uh, I was backpacking Thailand and went down to Mexico to work with the race for the wounded and then worked on a farm up in Montana. And then I got back and uh, my guardian father was a real estate agent. And uh, even if you rewind, maybe even a year back, I was working at Grand Canyon University as an enrollment counselor. And uh, I was working on my master's degree at the same time as I was getting my real estate license. So got the license because of one conversation I had with my guardian father. And he's like, I said, why, why did you get in real estate? He's like, I like sales. And I want, if I was going to be in sales, I wanted to make money and be able to invest at the same time. And I go, bingo. I dropped out of my master's about a week later because I just decided I needed to hone in on that. Got the real estate license, uh, did it for about two months. And then I ended up taking off out of the country. Right. And Mm -hmm. so when I got back from my trip, I ended up settling in, met my girlfriend who's now my wife and really just kind of started laying down roots in my hometown. Um, For the first six months, I had zero closings, right? I was following what my brokerage said, which is like, oh, do some open houses, let everybody know what you're doing for work, et cetera. I was like, okay, so I did that, right? But two months late or after that, I uh, met one of my coaches, Bob uh, Bob Loeffler from Fearless Agent. And he said, hey, how how are your deals going? I said, oh, I got zero. He's like, man, you just got to sit on your butt and call. I was like, I really don't want to do that. I just did that for Grand Canyon University. It sucked. It was terrible. He's like, well, you'll make a lot more money doing it here Mm. than Grand Canyon University. So I pushed it off, pushed it off. And finally, it was four months later. And he said, hey, how are things going? I'm like, dude, I got zero deals right now. He's like, you got to get in and call. So I started calling for sale by owners, right? Started talking to all my sphere of influence. And then Deals just started coming in, man. It was crazy how many listing appointments I was going on. But I was a 26-year-old kid and just really excited, huge passion for it. But I wasn't capitalizing on all those listing appointments just yet. So 
from July 1st to January 20, uh, to January 1st, I ended up closing 26 units. So in my first year, I won rookie of the year, which was amazing. And I was just on fire. Then after that, we closed 80 deals the next year. And then it was 100, 150, 200, 250, up to 300 deals so far. And all that money, I a lot of it I saved because me and my wife, um, we house hacked. So we bought a duplex, rented out one side, lived in the other, and then just started moving from house to house. And with the amount of money I was making, I was like, I don't need all this. I'm just going to save it and invest it, right? And there's a couple of reasons I did that. I realized what I was doing was really hard, right? To sit there for hours and hours and hours to prospect, going to all these appointments, I knew once I had kids, it was going to be really, really tough. So I wanted to invest all that money and save it up and try to get to financial freedom like my guardian father had. So he had a blueprint, which was pretty awesome of 24 doors that he had saved up for, saved and paid off and whatnot. And so he was able to retire at 55, whereas a lot of my friends that were CEOs or doctors or whatnot here in town making great money were still working into their 60s and uh, some of them their 70s. So mm-hmm. I followed that process and just started buying door after door after door and uh, started buying uh, private money notes, started lending private money, started doing some fix and flips, some wholesale. And my most recent adventure is... Uh, um, still accumulating my doors, but I have a private money company where I lend mm-hmm. to flippers and investors. So, but with all that said, man, it was a lot of work. It's still yeah. fun. You know, you go through stages of burnout, which is just the craziest thing, man, how intense I can get. Yep. Yeah. How did you, I'm, I'm so intrigued because this is so cool, you know, and I coach and train a lot of agents. How did you scale 26, 80, 150, 200, 300? And at one point, I'm assuming, right, this isn't just James all this time. Like, eventually, you must have had a TC or something. So can you kind of share with us when you started scaling and when you dis- when you found out if you did, which I'm sure you did, hey, I either need a team or transaction coordinator or what that team looks like and how you've kind of built that out so that you're not working 24-7? Yeah. Uh, so not working 24-7 didn't happen until about two years ago, just so you Interesting. know. Okay. But I, I was super passionate about it, right? I could have probably scaled it and changed it up a little bit. And to kind of talk to that a little bit, scaling and managing a team is really hard to get yourself out of total production, right? Because your ROI goes down per deal, but mm-hmm. you're saving some of your time. But I've always been able to make over a million dollars for the past four years in a row. And that's even transitioning into lower production for myself. But my after my first year, I made a pretty big mistake. I ended up partnering with somebody, right? And I said, hey, any deal you bring in, we'll get 50. Any I bring in, we'll get 50. Well, I was the rainmaker, right? I was really good at that. She handled all the paperwork and some of the details. Um, But unfortunately, a lot of people didn't like her. Like she was a good worker and she was really smart, but she just had a not super great personality in terms of working with the clients. Mm So it always got passed to me to do all that work, right? Because they didn't want to deal with her. So I ended up partnering. I did that for two years. And then I ended up splitting that off. And then I got my first awesome transaction coordinator assistant, right? That only lasted about 10 months because she got burnt out on real estate. And then I hired another gal that worked for me for almost six years. And dude, we just killed it. We freaking smashed the crap out of it. We're like Barry Bonds, just hitting softballs, man. <laughs> Barry Bonds is my favorite baseball player of all time. So oh, that's a perfect yeah. reference for me. Yeah, right. Yeah. So my biggest year, I closed 183 deals myself, right? And oh I did my that gosh. With, uh, two assistants and 
Um, and then I had three team members. So we ended up doing like 263 deals, 183 were mine. And then I just started building the team from there. And we got all the way up to 318 deals. Now, since October, I've lost six team members. But my thought process on that is everybody's kind of moving, they're going and they're thinking the grass is greener on the other side. The problem with everybody right now is they're not looking at themselves, right? So what are the activities you're doing? Because I pulled up their follow-up boss activity. I looked at everything that they were doing. I'm like, dude, you're not putting in the hours. You're not putting in the time. You're not following my listing presentation. You're not following the scripts that we have for phone prospecting. So that's on you, not on me, right? So my thought process is now is that I would rather have you know, six Spartans than 25 Persians, right? Because we're going to take... Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. And I'd rather have, you know, six people making 200 grand than 20 making a hundred, you know, 50 grand or something mm-hmm. like that. So we've kind of honed it in. We've downsized it a little bit, which kind of came at the right time. But I think the biggest thing, John, that I pulled out of all of this, especially the last year while things have been shifting and whatnot, is I'm not worried about anything. Um, and the reason is because of that passive income that came in, right? Like yeah. I'm just not worried about it. I was sitting on the couch four months ago. And uh, I had like three people literally call me in a row and they're like, James, what do you think about this market? What do you think about this market? <laughs> I was like, man, it's really changed. It's shifted, right? Yeah. And it's one o'clock in the afternoon on like a Wednesday or Thursday. And I'm playing with my kids on the couch and I hung up the phone and I told my wife, I'm like, damn, dang, this is nice. Like, I'm not worried about the market, right? Yeah. Because I've already set myself up for all the success. But yeah, I, I love that. Let's go. Let's go there for a second. You... You were, and I love, you know, even before we got on, I was just kind of looking through some of your pictures. I love the trips you guys are taking, you spending time with your kids. Tell us, you clearly worked very hard to get to this point. And we'll get to like the passive income and the investing and all that in a second. How do you prioritize time with your wife, time with your kids? I know. So I, I feel like everything I teach comes back to Hey, where are your priorities? For me, that's my faith and then my family. Like, so how do you kind of, even in the crazy of working 24 seven for a couple of years, did you guys just kind of agree that like, Hey, this is for a season. We got to hustle. And then how did you kind of transition to like, no, I'm going to spend time every afternoon with my kids or whatever it is for you. Yeah. I think it goes to what you first said, right? It's a season and this is when I'm going to hustle. And I knew that was going to happen because real estate is seasons, right? It's cyclical. It goes up and down. So when everybody was telling me I was working too much, I'm pushing too hard, which my wife really didn't until now, right? I just told him, you know, I'm going to make K while the sun shines right now. Yeah. And so for me, what was huge is just knowing that at some point in time, this was going to change and it wasn't going to last forever, which kept me super motivated. So doing that was just hugely monumental for me. But when it came to prioritizing time with my kids, it came naturally because I'm a listing agent, right? So when you're a listing agent and you're really good at prospecting, you do your you do your two to three hours of prospecting, you go on your appointments. And if days you don't get appointments, I just kick, kick it with my kids, right? Because yep. I know the next day I'm going to go back and I'm going to crush it and there'll be times. But when it was down downtime, I spent it with my kids. I didn't go hustle here or hustle there, or I took them with me, right. To go look at a property or look at a renovation. Mm -hmm. So for me now, nowadays it's become much more intentional. And that happened three years ago, um, almost to the month that my son and I were playing in his room and my phone kept going off. Right. And I told him, 
he's like, dad, get off your phone, get off your phone, get off your phone. And on the third time he said it and he kind of got upset. Right. He's like, dad, get off your phone. So at that point in time, I was like, no more. Am I going to let my phone distract me from playing with my three-year-old boy? Right. And so good. Yep. Yeah. And from there, I just decided, you know, if I lose a deal, I lose a deal. I'll just have to work harder and be more intentional when I'm actually at work. But when I'm with my family, I'm going to try to be with my family. With that, you're going to make me emotional. (laughs) Well, let me. So I also feel like when I teach and coach, uh, I feel like the clients I, I talk about who's your avatar, right? Who's that ideal client? My ideal client. And I've shared before, um, I remember back in September, um, it was my son's birthday is September 2nd. And I remember a client I was meeting. It's a former person that I worked for anyway. So she knew me and she's like, can we meet this day, September 2nd? And I'm like, hey, um, it's my son's birth. Like I was I was about to do it. And I'm like, you know what? No, I've wanted boundaries. I've wanted my avatar as someone that respects my family time or like I'm at church Sunday mornings. I'll show you that house at one o'clock. I'm not going to show you it at 9 a.m. on a Sunday. And if you can respect that, you're my avatar. So I remember saying something and being like so worried, like what if she doesn't says no and fires me? And then I'm like, well, then she wasn't the client for you. So I said, hey, it's September 2nd. It's Thursday. Like, can we do the next day? And she's like, oh, absolutely. Like family comes first. And so I think so many realtors like are just like, yes, I'll do it. Yes, I'll I'll jump when you tell me to jump. I haven't. And I'd love you to speak to this if you don't mind. Have you really lost that many clients by like playing with your son for an hour and calling back? You're shaking your head. So yeah, tell us about that. No, I haven't. And yeah. uh, one of my mentors told me one time, he's like, hey, dude, if, why do you act like everything's an emergency in real estate? He's like, if your <laughs> yeah. client's house is burning down and you can't answer the phone right then and there. When you call them three hours later, guess what? I'm like, what? He's like, the house still going to be burnt down. There's nothing you can do, right? So that kind of hit home for me. Yeah. And if somebody gave me a hard time with that, I would just let it go. And it would just... Uh, propel me into working harder, right? What I tell my what I tell my agents on my team is I say, you know, one thing that's going to stop you from feeling anxious and have the anxiety and the worry and whatnot is to have more business in your pipeline. Because when something falls out, you know that there's another one coming right behind that. So how are you going to do that? Through your activities and through your mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's so good. What do you say again? You you teach agents, you coach them, you have a team. When you have newer agents that say, oh my gosh, the rates, I mean, of course they've dropped a little bit as we're a couple months into the new year and things are starting to, it feels like normalize again, but we're never going to see two and a half. How have you kind of educated agents and clients of like the new normal, stop watching the news, like those kinds of things and not being like panic selling or panic buying or whatever? Yeah. Um, how have I calmed them down? I came up in a market that was just like, it was still in the dumps. Right. But yeah. what I was super grateful for is I built my mindset and I built my skill set to be perfect for when things were going to shift. Right. And as soon as they shifted, I made a million dollars a year plus because during those slow times, I ran, I worked out, I did like using an athletic term, right? But really I was practicing my scripts. I was using my calls. I was practicing on my deals. And when that when that tsunami of wave of deals came, I was ready to take that on, right? I was ready to be the wall to, to defend that and take it all in and at whatever pace I wanted to. And honestly, I turned on the freaking hose, man. I just, I was taking every single deal I could. I was yep. working all the time. And so I think that agents that are just now getting into the business have a huge advantage because they're 
at a point where it's a little bit slower paced. They can take their time. They can learn their skill set. They can hone in their time, their uh, time blocking. And once the wave comes back, they'll be ready to take that wave and catch it and ride it all the way in, you know? I love what you just said because I love how you kind of shifted it. So many would be like, oh, it's slower. Oh, I'm so worried. I'm so scared. Use it as an advantage. Um, I remember, so right as my career got started, um, I got licensed uh, August of 2019. Um, Stay-at-home dad when my wife went back to work in December. Right as my business was starting to pick up, you kind of know the first six months you're like doing nothing. Right as my business was starting to pick up, March of 2020. <laughs> yeah. And we all know what happened then. The world shut down. And I still remember some of the things I did. I had mortgage Mondays with a lender. I was on social media talking about real estate. And then when the market started to pick up, it was like, John's the expert, even though I hadn't even sold a freaking house, right? Yeah. But it's so I I would encourage agents listening to this um, as it's sometimes a little slower right now. Are you sitting on the couch pouting about it or are you practicing scripts, things like that? I love that you said that because I remember having an agent and, you know, maybe you've seen this. I remember having an agent on our team and they've left because they were not a good fit um, and they got out of real estate. But at one point I was running from one house to another and I was like, hey, I have to make this offer tonight. You're splitting this deal with me. Can you please call the client and explain the documents to them? And on our our first document of our agreement of sale is a wire funds policy. And basically what it says is do not wire money at any reason for any time for any ever, ever without speaking to your agent. And so I asked him, I won't say his name. I said, can you explain this to the client You know, on Zoom? I'll be on the phone going to this other thing where I'm about to make an offer. And he goes... Now, this guy was so he had nothing going on, but he goes, oh, this document is saying that you should wire your funds for closing. He made I know your face. He made me look so bad. And I'm like and I said to him afterwards, I said, dude, I said, what are you doing? I'm like, you have no clients. You should have this paperwork memorized like the back of your hand that if I say what's line 50 of the agreement of sale, you can explain it to me. And so I would say, I see, I get so passionate about it. I would say to agents listening to this, and I'd love to hear your perspective. If you don't have business, you should memorize the agreement of sale, memorize the market, know that there's 200 listings in your county right now. Know that next and next month, if there's 180, you can come on video. Hey guys, last month, they would, you look like the expert, even if you're just studying the MLS data. Yeah. And I, I think that's why a lot of agents fail because they're just, nobody's calling them. So they're sitting on their couch watching TV. Yep. I think that you made some pretty good points. Uh, You worked a nine to five before John. I did. Yeah. I have a career, a W2 career, more W2 jobs than anyone in the world has ever had. (laughs) Yeah. So you had to work from nine to five, right? You had to put Um, in eight hours. Yes. Everybody should be treating their real estate career like that too. Right. If you don't have anything, you should be honing in on your skills. Cause if you're not, then somebody else is going to be telling you what to do eventually, right? And I like the saying, it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war, right? And that comes to being a real estate agent as well. Is like when you have to go to battle or you have to go to war and there's all these deals coming at you and you're in the, the hunt and whatnot, it's, it's nice to be able to open up those skills, right? And be able to show that you're this awesome warrior and this, and this person that's going to come in, this agent that's going to come in and take control of the situation. Then getting thrown in like your guy that didn't know how to explain the wire uh, fraud, 
And then you look like some like sissy, right? That's like this guy that's in this war and going, oh, don't hit me, right? It's like, dude, no, like you have to have your, you have to be honed in. You have to be aggressive with it. And you have to be like, you have to be a strong-minded and strong-willed person to get, to get this, the deals done. So, and I think too, what, what I think happened is like, imagine if someone on your team does that and someone on my team does that. I didn't give him any more deals because I'm like, dude, I was going to split yes. this with you. All you yeah. literally had to do was do a couple showings. I was going to split the buy and the sell side. And then I said, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to run with it. It's just, dude. And that's why I feel like people like you, people like m- myself, there's success out there. I'm not worried about the market because I know I'm going to hustle. I'm going to be willing to work hard when other agents are not. Yep. I agree 100% with that. Yep. I would love to hear kind of shift a little bit. You know, so many people, I know people that listen to the show that they're either in real estate or actually probably, I think when I look at the stats, about 30% of my listeners are not realtors at all, but they are thinking about investing. So I would love to kind of, I'd love to talk about, let's talk about investing and then uh, your financial freedom. What made you like, was it that, that you're like, well, I want freedom. I don't want to sell houses forever. I have to start buying properties. Is that what it was for you? Yeah. Yeah. I knew that what I was doing was unsustainable to be able to do something like that. And I knew that I wanted to be able to have the time with my kids. I like, I like traveling a lot. Mm -hmm. So I want to be able to do that at some point in time. Again, with younger kids, it's hard. But financial freedom was really important to me because I saw what my guardian father did and how he was able to obtain it. I wanted that life. So I went after it. Plus, again, when you're making that much money and these houses seem so cheap, you're like, I could rent this out for 1400 bucks a month. My mortgage is nine and I'm making this amount of money. The equity is going up. I don't, I'm putting my money into an investment. So it's not just sitting there and I'm not going to spend it, you know? So for me, it was just a, a no brainer. And as a real estate agent, like you pretty much get the first dibs on the good deals that come through for That's the most right. So I just will take advantage of it. And the most amount of millionaires in the United States and or the world are made from real estate. So tell us more, right? Making good money, $300,000 in passive income. So I don't, I, I mean, I'm guessing money doesn't motivate you anymore. It's nice, but I'd love to know, like you wake up in the morning, what gets you excited and what motivates you? If I'm being honest, it's the amount of people that I've been able to help. Yeah. And seeing them grow in their business and showing my kids like a good work ethic for their dad that mm-hmm. what their dad can put out there and just helping other people grow their lives and whatnot. And like, you're only as good as your next deal, right? Like LeBron James just won. He just beat the all time points record. Right. Yep. But the next question is when's your next championship? Right. So you're only as good as like your next deal. And that LeBron has to deal with it. I got to deal with it. And when you get to this point and you're that type of personality, you always want to be bettering yourself. You always want to be increasing. You always want to be doing something. And I'm not an idle person. Like it's, it would be hard for me to sit on the couch and, or sit on the ground and play with my kids for hours and hours and hours. I'm good. I'll, I'll do that for two to three hours a day, yeah. but for eight, nine, 10, yeah. I, can't. Yeah. I like, I like to produce my own stuff and my kids don't want that either. You know, I right. mean, deep down, they don't, they don't need that. They don't want that. Like they need their independence. So what motivates me? Money does still motivate me. I'll tell you that, John. Yeah. yeah awesome. And the reason is because I like investing money, right? Money to me is a game. 
So I'm not a professional athlete, but I love playing basketball. I love playing, you know, all, all sports, softball, football, et cetera. But I'm not a star athlete anymore. Like I'm not in there. So now I want to be a star, star real estate agent. And that's my game at this point. Mm. No, it's so good, man. And uh, I, I think it's cool. I, I do think it's, I mean, you're clearly motivated and I think that breeds success, right? You're, I think so many agents can be a little passive and you clearly, right? You're like, no, I'm I'm in there. I'm going to get it. And if you are going to sit on the sidelines, I will beat you to the finish line. If you're just going to oh, every time. Yeah. Dude, I used to have agents that would call me and be like, Hey, you're going to this listing appointment, right? I'm like, yeah. How did you know? They're like, Oh, the owner told me. I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, good luck. They're like, oh, I told them I'm not going because you're going on it. And it wasn't worth my time. Because <laughs> that's how dominating I was yeah. at the point of my thing. Like, I just, dude, and I wanted to be known. I wanted to be feared. And I had people that would say, you know, we had another top agent here in town. And they'd be like, you know, what was the weirdest thing is when we were interviewing, you know, XYZ. As soon as I mentioned your name, he just turned on the burners and wanted us sign, sign, sign. Like he got really scared. I heard that over and over and over again. And I like that. I love that feeling, man, of just being the one that was going to go in there and go get that listing. Right. But it wasn't a salesy pitch. It wasn't super aggressive. It was everything mixed in together. Right. Being honest, being direct, going after it, but also like getting the person to like me for the most Mm -hmm. part. Yeah. People want to do business with people that they know, like, and trust. And so if you can get clients to like you and, you know, have a personality that's welcoming, they're going to want to, you know, list their home with you. Exactly. Yep. I'd love to hear as we kind of close out our time. First of all, thank you so much. It's you're doing incredible things. It's super impressive. I'd love for you to take us back. And I ask this a lot on interviews, take us back. Maybe it's right when you got into real estate, maybe it's your first couple of years. What would be a piece of advice you would give that version of yourself? There's a couple things. Make sure that you really hone in your database of your past clients. Have that mailer set up, the phone call set up, the nurturing set up a little better or a lot better. Uh, Hire an assistant that's going to help you to propel your business into the future and maybe not pay so well right from the get-go because I feel like I paid people so well that they didn't have to work anymore. They maybe didn't motivate them at that point. And I also feel like the people that I had hired in the past weren't necessarily two steps ahead of me, right? And I think the best dang assistant that you can have is somebody that's two steps ahead of you taking care of stuff. Hmm. And I just, I had workhorses in people that I got along with, but I didn't have somebody that really propelled me, my business in a more natural way to where I wasn't having to dig in as much. No, that's really good. Assistant two steps ahead. A lot of new realtors listen to this. A lot of um, struggling agents listen to this and message me. What would be a piece, you know, here a few months into 2023, lots of things going on in the market. What would be a piece of advice to a new agent that's like, what do I do first? Where do I start? I'm struggling. Read the book, The Miracle Morning by Al Halrod for real estate agents. Yeah. Follow that. You got a time block and you got to treat it like it's a real job. And then get into some sort of mentorship program, whether that be one-on-one coaching or be group coaching mm-hmm. and uh, get the, yeah, get that, get that going. I love the piece about treat it like a job. Um, you've said that a couple of times and I think so many agents that that's the miss, right? What's a, it, it's your full-time job, right? And if you're working, I have so many agents in, you know, my membership that are like, well, I'm make, working another job to make ends make ends meet. And I'm like, 
every agent I've seen that has success, and maybe you disagree, but I'd, every agent I see that is really crushing it is not working at Sheets for 12 bucks an hour. They're just not. Yeah. They, they're, they're dedicating their time to real estate. And that's why when people ask me about joining our team or getting into real estate, I'm like, you're making no money the first year. Are you ready for that? Now, I want yeah. them to make money, right? And just like you, you first six months made no money and then you kind of crush it the rest of the year. I want them to make money. But do they have the finances in place that they can dedicate themselves for a year to this? Well, and you talk about the finances in line. Do they have the discipline not to spend a bunch of money, right? Like you can live off a little bit of money to get yourself. Dude, I came into this game and I had like $8,000 saved up, but I didn't spend anything so I could make sure I could get through the the lean times, right? So even if you're like, oh, I don't have enough money because I don't have like 10, 15, 20,000 saved up to get me through this, cut back on your expenses. Know what's down the line. Look at people like me. Look at people like you. Like look and see what real estate can do for you. And put in the work. If you're not willing to work really hard in real estate, then you're not going to make it. So, and and you should you should really look at that. You should reflect with yourself and say, "Hey, am I really willing to grind at this?" And ask yourself, "Have I ever been number one at something? Have I ever been at the top of my game at something?" And if you haven't, you should really consider not getting into real estate because it's really you've got to be self motivated. And the people that are number one and that have like been at the top of their game and other avenues of their life, those are the people that are most likely going to be successful. Now you can challenge yourself to be that. And I'm not like trying to take it away from anybody, but you got to be realistic. You might be better as a W2 employee than you are working for yourself. And that's so funny. Um, In February on the show, I interviewed my brother-in-law. He owns a Chick-fil-A. So he, he kind of joked, he's like, I'm going to come on your show and talk about how great W2s are. But I think for the, for the right person, it might be a fit. I'm so much of a dreamer and a visionary. I'm always building something. It was not a fit for me, but I love that. Have I ever been number one? Like that's one of the reasons I got into real estate. So as I got into real estate, I was like, well, my first job at 16 years old at Sears, I sold the most credit cards. I sold the most protection plans on what I sold. I made the most money of the people selling tools because you would buy a drill. And I'm like, let's grab some drill bits. Let's grab this. Let's grab these accessories. And and again, I'm not trying to be cocky. God's blessed us so much, but like, I was great at that. I was great at sales. And so I do think you know, kind of like you said at the beginning, combining that sales and making money, like relationships, the, all those pieces go into it. Yep. I agree hundred percent. Well, I appreciate your time, man. Uh, this, I mean, your story is incredible. I remember even when you reached out to me a few months ago, looking for shows and then we chatted and I said, dude, you would be an awesome fit for my show. Let's make it happen. I'm glad we made it happen. Thank you so much for your time. As we close out, um, where can people learn from you, connect with you, hear what you're doing, follow you? Any of the spots they can connect with you would be great. So Instagram, which is James Michener, Investor Realtor, and then uh, James Michener on Facebook, and then Financial Free Realtor on YouTube. Awesome, man. Well, dude, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on all your success. I'm impressed. I know you've you've crushed it. And I'm so impressed that like you're you're not sitting on the couch, you're not being passive, you're still going after it. So appreciate your time. Um, wish you continued success and thanks so much for your time today. Thanks, Sean. Have a good day. You too, man. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to my episode with James Michener. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed my time talking to James and learning from him. Oh my goodness, isn't his story incredible? 
a lot of good stuff here. I will try, guys. I am trying to not have outros that are 700 uh, minutes long, so I'll try to limit it a little bit. But I think a few of my, you know, big takeaways from this. Well, first of all, I think there is a huge lesson that he said right at the beginning, and it talks about. Um, you know, it's when he was talking about what a coach was telling him about, you know, the dials he had to make and how he wasn't getting any business. And so I think a big lesson, so many of you, even realtors that are in the membership, I will not call them out by name, but they ask for advice and then they don't actually take the advice. They, you know, it's kind of like they want to encouragement to, you know, grow their real estate business, but they're not actually willing to put in the work required for that to happen. And so I think that lesson where he sold nothing for nine months and then they kind of said, well, how many of the calls have you made that you need to make? And he said, I'm not making any is a huge lesson that you got to listen to the people that know you, you know, that care about you or trying to help you or coaching you. They've had success in their business. They know how to get there. Now, again, there's multiple ways to to have success, right? I, I never make cold calls, right? I just, that's not what I do and that's okay. That doesn't mean it's bad, but I just think it's so interesting. You know, you gotta be willing to try stuff, right? Social media is what I coach and teach and use cold calls and, you know, sphere of influence stuff for James and what he teaches now. Um, but I think it's a big lesson that you gotta be willing to actually put in the hard work and do the things necessary to have success. You know, his story is incredible in, you know, the passive income he's built is just amazing. How many doors they have is just amazing. And I think another, you know, big thing there that he talks about is, you know, before they had kids, he talked about making hay while the sun shines. And so I think for those of you that are new realtors and maybe you don't have a family yet, but you want to have a family and maybe you just got married or something like that. I know a few uh, friends in real estate like that. I would totally take this lesson and hustle now, right? Hustle while you can before kids come along, before you're married, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. That's what I would focus on. And I think that was a great lesson from James. You know, another huge one, and I'll, I'll leave it at that because there's, there's a thousand great ideas in this episode. But another huge thing that I took out from my conversation with him was now, He's optimized it to the point where like he goes on a listing appointment, it's a few hours and boom, he's, you know, that's, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. And he, you know, he certainly works hard and he was very clear on that. But then he says, hey, when I've done what I need to do, I don't just go work on something random. You know, he he has a purpose for everything that he's working on. And so he even said, you know, if I've done that thing, got done the calls I need to make, gotten that listing now I go and, you know, focus on my wife and spend time with my kids. And so I think that's a huge, huge lesson. I certainly want to be successful. I certainly want to make good money. But again, and it all comes down to, for me, providing for my family. For James, like, you know, hustling pretty hard for sure, but not to the point where I'm going to sacrifice time with my kids, time with my wife, seeing my kids grow up. So absolutely loved this interview with James. Hope you guys enjoyed it as well. 
Um, make sure you check him out. I'll try to put all the information for him there in the show notes. But James, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate you. And thank all of you for listening to this episode. I appreciate you guys for checking this out. So thank you guys so much. I will talk to you guys on Friday. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much, and we will see you on the next episode.